Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Heusenstamm. This is the Guitar Life. Today, my special guest, Ariana Cap. There's a lot of great bass players out there. She's one of them. She's also a very popular educator with a fantastic book, DVDs, educational systems to develop your bass playing to its completion. Ariana Cap. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to start recording this, and I want to say... It's great to be here today with Ariana Cap. She's a fantastic musician, and uh, I met her uh, not too long ago. Uh, I was very interested in uh, her educational materials, and I want to just say welcome to the show. And uh, geez, it's an honor to uh, be talking with you today, Ariana. Woohoo! Thank you very much for the nice welcome, John. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually since I started doing these. Uh, these interviews and this uh, podcasting stuff, I found out so much stuff about all these musicians mm -hmm. that people, you know, they don't have an idea about. You know, there's nowhere where these guys write about their lives. You know, it's usually just, yeah. uh, you know, you hear their music and, you, and you, hear, you see them talking here and there. But when you really ask them some interesting questions, they really like open up to stuff that you go, geez, no wonder this guy's so good at what he does. Or no wonder she can sing like that. She's, she's, yeah. She put in twice as much effort, you know, but you don't really know that when you're out on the street, right? <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed checking out some of the episodes. Oh, so good. It's a real honor to be on. Yeah. Oh, thanks. well, it's, it's, it's my pleasure to have you here today. Thanks so much. I, mm -hmm. I, I always like uh, finding out about people. And uh, geez, I read up on Innsbruck, right? What a place. That, that's like <laughs> the, the, the yeah. center of the universe in Europe. Really, there's so much that went on there with all the history. And the architecture of that place is incredible. I mean, you probably would recommend anybody, if they're in Europe, they got to go to Innsbruck, right? I mean, come on. Sure, yeah. It's very, it's very modern, but it also has a lot of history. There's a lot of tourism. It's great in summer. It's amazing in winter with the winter sports and all of that. So it, it was, a, it was a, in a way, a lush and protected and peaceful place to grow up in. And at the same time, you could always feel like Innsbruck had this reached to be a world city, you know, because we had the Olympics there, we have a university there, and they're always looking to be like a world city, you know, and yeah. reaching out. So and and, and a, you're from there. Yeah. And what's curious to me is how a person grows up in that kind of uh, environment, that atmosphere, and now you're out here on the West mm -hmm. Coast of the United States playing your bass, 
<laughs> I would not have guessed. It. Yeah, we're going to get into that because that's the that's to me that's like all right. There's the magic right there. So um, now now you did play a, a bit of piano when you were younger. You went right through school playing the piano. It seemed like yeah. right. I started very early, and actually, I wanted to start earlier because my brother was playing the piano, and I had pretty good ears. So whenever he was playing something, I'd go to the piano and tinker and play it after him, you know. And I wanted to learn so badly, but the conservatory at the time had an age limit, you know. And after having a music school, having had a music school and dealing with a lot of young kids, I was looking back. I'm kind of sad that they didn't allow me to get in because I feel like I was ready, you know. I was picking up things on the piano, I was playing. I really wanted to learn, mm -hmm. so I had to wait for this age limit to come around and I think they allowed me half a year earlier or something to and, come in. And vir virtuosity had nothing to do with it. It was all just regulations and uh, uh, oh, yeah. hard it was fast just, lines, huh? It was just some age limit that somebody thought oh, should God. be there. Yeah. Don't you just love that? How about some of these kids we see on the internet these days? Huh? <laughs> Three-year-olds on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally, I've seen yeah. some kids, I say, now that no, guy's got amazing. talent. Yeah. There's, some, there's some unbelievable talent out there. Yeah. Thank God for the internet, because we'd never would know about them, right? So you played the piano a lot, and yeah. um, now tell me about the school in Innsbruck. Um, it seems like it's a very sophisticated, very uh, you know well-groomed place for musicians to study. Wouldn't you say so? It's not just your average uh, little uh, country, uh, you know, city college. It's, it seems very sophisticated. Well, the conservatory that I went to has a strong history. And, you know, in, in, in Austria, taking music lessons, uh, you know, is, is highly valued in the culture. So a lot of people do it. You know, you have to take tests and you have to do uh, things, you know, and, 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 and fill fill certain requirements and advance through the, through the levels and what have you. And to me, it was pretty torture, I have to say, because all these... Um, concerts and recitals that we have. I was dying a thousand deaths. I didn't have really guidance. I had one teacher who was helping me a little bit with it, but I felt a little bit alone with it all, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, while I enjoyed the music and I enjoyed, you know, I had a, a wonderful guidance from my mom who always sat with me and would practice with me even when I was a very little girl. Oh, she's a musician, huh? She is a, a yeah, yeah, I mean, my grandfather was a conductor. Okay, so he was really serious, multi-instrumentalist, self-trained conductor, and you know. Oh, here we and go. Here's it, the roots of roots of your cause. <laughs> I'm starting to hear what I'm what I've been looking fishing for. So you're, yeah. you're, you got it in your blood. Your mom, your mom helped you sit to, at the piano and study the piano. That's right. I yeah, that she was very patient. Yeah. Oh, great! Nice. My, my German grandmother. Yeah. Ger there you go. <laughs> there you go. My my grandmother was German too. <laughs> oh well, there you have it. They're they're, they're very uh, pensive when it comes to studying piano. Yeah. yeah, my grandmother used to have me sitting there practicing the piano, but my 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 siblings were outside playing football. That went oh, out man. in the end. I couldn't sit still. <laughs> so sure. I had to run out there and play. I couldn't sit at the piano. It's really yeah. sad, actually. So so uh, okay. So now now uh, I've seen you uh, some photographs. You're playing an upright bass. I do. That came way later. You way know, later. I'll, I'll... All of the bass stuff came way later. I was really entrenched in classical piano playing until I was like 17 or 18. Then I took a completely, well, I did one thing. I went to America for a year as an au pair girl. So I just wanted to, you know, learn the language, meet people, you know, get out of the protected little Innsbruck. I just kind of had a feeling there's, there's more out there in the world. So I went there for a year and then came back and then studied science. 
but while I was in America, I was hanging out with musicians on Harvard Square, and because of my classical education, and I'd also picked up the guitar a little bit during that time, okay. just self-taught, you know. And because of my classical education, I'm sitting there on Harvard Square, and folks are showing me stuff, and I could immediately join in because I had a real strong idea of chords oh, and sure. how they you're related. Oh, sure, you're a trained musician thing. with a grandmother and a and Let me tell you, I, <laughs> I had never played anything like rock, Pop, funk, you know, I had never done anything like it was all classical to me, you know. So, so you come over, you you came to America before all that happened? Before your classical? Absolutely, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, wow. I was just all classical, then I went to America for a year, and that's where I first got in touch with this, you know. Okay. So I'd been growing up a little bit protected, you could say, and, and music with drums in it was a little frowned upon, you could say, you know, not yeah. outspoken, but a little bit you're not quite the from same your, you're level. You're away from your you know? overbearing uh, relatives. Uh, <laughs> exactly. you're not a classical <laughs> musician, you're a rock star in America, you know. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but then after that one year, I went back to Austria, and uh -huh. I studied science. I did a, a full-blown yeah, yeah, Master's saying, of Science. Yeah. And then after I was done with that, I really, during that time, I started playing in bands, and then I started picking up the bass, and then I just really fell in love with the bass. I fell in love with the cool. feeling of the groove in your body and the melodic properties yeah. of it and the sound of it. And, you know, then I really wanted to know. And then I turned right, when I was done, when I got my master's, I turned right back around. I was like, where's the music department? Yeah, oh, God, this is <laughs> exciting. I, I, I love it. You're like, uh, you're like an old world and a new age personality, not in conflict, which would be incredible <laughs> to carry around. So it's to your advantage. And... I saw you playing a duet with a guy who plays bassoon, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like, uh, that's got to be a first, because I've never seen anything like that. I've always loved the bassoon ever since yeah. I was a kid. Paul Hansen, yeah. Yeah, Paul, that's, that's right, Paul Hansen, yeah. That's mm -hmm. fantastic music, by the way. I'm, Thank I'm, you uh, very much. Thank I, I hope you. people uh, check that out. Yeah, we're, we're, we're called Oon. Yeah. We're called Oon. We, we took mm. the, the bassoon because we're a bass and a bassoon, right? So if you take bassoon minus bass, you're left with Oon. So. <laughs> cool. That's fantastic. So, yeah. so but uh, you started in New York, right? Uh, no, I started in Miami, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I got, the way I got back into the U.S., which I had thoroughly fallen in love with after my little one-year stint after high school. Okay. Uh, I got a, I, I, st I studied music at the University or Academy of Music, uh, it was called at the time, Academy of Music in Vienna, you know, very much classical music based and such. And they had a wonderful exchange program. There was a classical person that was coming over to Vienna studying classical and two jazz people who were going over to Miami and study jazz. And I was lucky enough to get one of those two scholarships. And that was an amazing adventure. So Wow. Yeah. So you, 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 you're talking a little quick for me. My hearing is bad, but you said scholarships? Yes. I got a scholarship. When you got here, you got the scholarship when they heard you play? And no, you it was an exchange program. So oh, two classical sorry. people had to qualify and come over here, and two classical people and two jazzers went to Miami. That's so classic. It was, a, it, was, it was a great exchange. It was a total win-win. And, uh, and lucky for us, you ended up out here. Yeah. I did, and then I didn't want to leave, so there's that. <laughs> oh, wow. You, got, you have so many uh, collaborations that... Uh, since you've been here, uh, uh, one comes to mind, Muriel Anderson. Yes. She's such a great guitarist. And uh, I told you my daughter uh, was her secretary or assistant 
when she first got to Nashville uh, several years ago. So uh, awesome. I know about Muriel. So so yeah. tell tell us a little bit about how that came about. Can you? Muriel, I think, got my phone number from Victor Wooten. I have been to several Victor Wooten camps uh, when I started out, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Victor Wooten and mm -hmm. Steve Bailey and, um, you know, the, the whole camper family. We call it the campers because they put on these base camps and base nature camps. Sure. And, yeah. and I attended several of them. And, um, you know, Muriel was looking for a bass player on the West Coast and Victor was kind enough to recommend me. And so I've played with her quite a bit every time she, she came through for a while when she was in the West Coast or Northern California when I was living there. And so, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy playing with her. She, She's she such does a, 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 a nylon string guitar predominantly, but she also plays like a harp guitar. Harp right. guitar, touch guitar. It's always I always find it interesting when she plays the harp guitar because it's almost like you have to find your place as a bass player because she already has the low strings that are so beautifully yeah. sonoric. You know, she so don't want to interfere with that. Um, but, but but here you have uh, I know Muriel. I mean, she's um, eclectic, right? So so she does these beautiful yeah. Chet Atkins country things, and she's doing. Uh, you know, Celtic kind of harp guitar stuff, and then she might transition over into some, uh, you know, like Beatles, uh, yeah. you know, songs, and she does pop. And you're the bass player. You've got to like, uh, you got to bob and weave and uh, find yeah. your. That would be challenging, you know. In a it situation. is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then yep. she has some of her own compositions. She has a wonderful sense of humor, like the music that translates sure. musically. You know, where she has songs where she. She skips a beat on odd places because she misses her friends, and that's the story, you know, being told okay. through that beat that's missing. You know? Got to use your ears, <laughs> right? You got to use your ears when you're working with yeah, her. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's great to play with. Yeah, I yeah, I've always music. admired her. Uh, she's done some uh, uh, concerts at the uh, shop where I used to work in Laguna. Mm. This is John Heusenstamm and The Guitar Life. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe. Thanks. How about Victor Wooten? What was that like uh, being uh, in those camps with him? Because he's such an iconic and influential musician. And there you are. You're right in his, uh, you know, his aura. You're sitting in the same room with him. You can pick his brain. You can shake hands with him. What, what was that like? Oh, he's just such a warm and sweet and welcoming person. You know, I'm... 
I, I'm, I tend to be sometimes the shy type or the nervous type, you know, and somebody like Victor can mm -hmm. really just make you feel welcome. And, you know, I mean, I adored and admired him so much as a musician, you know, and he mm -hmm. would, you know, listen to me play and say something complimentary or, uh, you know, foster my learning in a certain way. And that's just really cherished. Right. Yeah. Uh, anything um, really like, I don't like to use the word cosmic, but anything real like uh, significant happened one instant where something clicked or some, some something set off something in your mind when you were with him that really helped you propel you forward, you know, besides all of it, I oh, should gosh, say. You... Was there one like little story in there somewhere? Oh, certainly. I, might... can, I can imagine you talking. I'm thinking of so many different ones. Because when you are in the base nature camp, you know, they take you through an experience that has to do with opening your senses. Now, this is my interpretation of it, okay? This is my okay. interpretation. But it, they op it opens your senses. Like there is, you are out in nature all the time. You're learning how to make fire. You're learning how to build shelter, you know, which are amazing skills right that us city dwellers had no clue about so this was very like hands-on and you feel very grounded and then at the same time wow. you know you do all these musical exercises where you explore also opening your senses and grounding yourself and and um, so it's a very interesting interplay of this exploring nature making fire learning how to read animal tracks you know tracking uh, and at the same time then you have an a, a lesson where you explore improvisation right and so he takes you through this whole experience that is designed to open your senses that's designed to um, make clear that communicating musically is like communicating as we are communicating as people and he has some mm -hmm. wonderful exercises around that and um, you know then there is the food and the friendship and his family you know he has these amazing adorable real sweet kids you know that are a big part of the of the event and then sometimes you know you would be told to close your eyes and you open your eyes and all of a sudden Marcus Miller is there you know <laughs> so it is it is just a really amazing uh, experience and if you ask me about a certain experience one thing for example that I remember is you know he he talks so much about how nature is like music right and for example one exercise that we did is we were we were blindfolded out in the field somewhere and we were supposed to take 10 minutes to stand up from a sitting position to a standing position right and so we had no reference of time and i'm like thinking like trying to stand up thinking 10 minutes is a long time right so I'm moving really slowly like molasses right and somebody was there with the timer and I wasn't even halfway off the floor and it was like 10 minutes is over you know and that was such an interesting um, experience how when you turn inward when you don't see anything when you're just relying on your internal sense of timing how that can just slow everything way down you know because in my estimation I hadn't even I thought one minute had passed, but it was really 10 because I was having a different expectation. Well, I have to sort of, I was supposed to be standing after 10 minutes, right? So I, I kept thinking I have to go slow because 10 minutes is a long time. So it was a really interesting experience. And then you do an exercise on timing in the evening in your bass lesson, right? And you can't help thinking internal timing, you know, how do we learn to be matching that up with what's really happening? And how can that be uh, influenced by having certain expectations, for example, like I had this expectation, I have to take a really long time to stand up. So that's just one example, mm. you know. Well, I, I imagine it's like uh, getting in a car one day and you're listening to your favorite music 
And the next thing you know, you've arrived at your destination. Yeah. And then you get in the car on another day and you start listening to the news. And it seems like it takes forever to get to where you're going. Exactly right. You yeah, know what great I mean? Example. So it's a state of mind, yeah. right? So he's trying to help. What I'm getting from the what you're saying is he's trying to help you... Uh, you know, get in touch with the the aspect of time and how it's your your interpretation of really what's happening that affects uh, the length of time. And Absolutely. That, you know, and of course, music is all time. Right? Yeah, so, and I think it also has to but, do with like internal listening. You know, when you listen internally, yeah. there's just stuff happening, and it's interesting to train yourself to do that. So. I didn't know you could. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was all a gift, you know, but here we go. This, this guy obviously uh, is deep, Very. you know, just from listening to his music, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, geez, if the, some of that rubs off, for boy, sure. it's invaluable. I'm incredibly grateful for, for every minute I've had the pleasure of studying with him, yeah. So so let's, uh, this is a perfect time to kind of talk about teaching then. So let's say you've, 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 got, you've had these... Uh, incredibly, uh, you know, changing, you know, transitional changing experiences, you know, for hanging out with people like that. And then you're educating. So you, you, had, you start incorporating this stuff. Mm -hmm. What made you want to give? Because I know you got a very, uh, very uh, successful book out to this uh, theory for bass music players. Music theory for the bass Is that what it's called? Mu music theory for bass yeah, players? Right. I, I read through that book and uh, it's complete. I mean, if you knew what was in that book, you, you don't need another book, really. You just need variation of music because you pretty much teach everybody everything in there. Mm -hmm. So uh, how did that happen? How did you, uh, you know, what made you think that you could open up and, and put something together like that? Well, I mean, I've always loved teaching. Ever since high school, people asked me to help them with their Latin homework and what have you, you know. So I've always enjoyed okay. teaching and I've always enjoyed putting myself into the various eyes of the students, you know. And so teaching from teaching way back in high school to teaching music was a very natural transition for me. I also had a music school for a while. And I'm some sort of a psychology freak a little bit, or geek, I should say. So I, I love learning about the mind, how language affects our behavior, especially how do we talk to ourselves? How does that you know show up with how we learn mm -hmm. and that sort of thing? So I've always been really interested in learning, in teaching, in how do people think. And as for the bass, I was uh, real, uh, I was noticing that a lot of people already knew songs, you know, specifically on the bass. They would go and learn tab or start playing mm -hmm. in a band or have a little bit of a guitar background and the guitarist shows them how to how to play. And they already know a lot of things, but then they get to a spot where they realize there's more to it. I just can't express myself freely. I don't really understand what the chord symbols mean and what their relevance is. I, I, there's an intuitive beginning to understand that there is more to it. And then they often search mm -hmm. for music theory because they understand that theory can hold a, a, a very, I mean, theory is one of many keys, but I think a very good one, a formulated one, one with a strong history. And they understand, if I would understand what these chord symbols mean and how they relate, and that would probably make me a better player. I could improvise more freely and that sort of thing. And then um, I, I noticed that, you know, a lot of people who were trying to learn music theory in earnest, they might open up a book and then on page one, it's like every good boy does fine. And on page two, it's like this is a whole note and this is a half note. And on page three, you're supposed to read scales and arpeggios and all that good stuff, right? But the problem mm -hmm. is that I think that can turn a bass player off because a bass player is very, very visual. A bass player knows the fretboard intuitively much more than they might give themselves credit for. So my idea was, well, 
not that I'm against reading, by no means. I love reading. It's very important. Every musician should learn it, and it's not that hard. But it's much easier to read, to learn music theory first through shapes on the fretboard rather than to start mm -hmm. learning reading first and then learn music theory. Because if you do it like that, like you, you need to learn reading first. It's like forget everything you know. Forget everything you know and start here. But with my method, it was like, look, you already know the fretboard. So this shape that you've been doing, that's a pentatonic. And this is how it relates. So I really, my idea was I want to take the fretboard and teach music theory yeah. from the fretboard. And uh, reading comes later because if you know the theory, if you know what a scale looks like on the fretboard, then you, you learn what it looks like on the score. And then the rest is fairly straightforward. I can tell just by listening to you, you're a good teacher. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, can you uh, can you talk about a few of your students that may have uh, really uh, springboarded off of what you were sharing? I, can, I mean, if you go online and you read the comments about your book, everybody <laughs> says great things. But have you got any particular students in uh, you know in, in your in your mind that uh, you really are proud of that uh, sure. really ran with it? You know, really like just gobbled it up God, you know? yeah several and and you know I have been I've been having I it's a I have a very diverse student clientele I have a super long waiting list and a lot of people want to study with me and some students have had with uh, for a very long time and you know I have anything from you know college students who are somewhere in college who are just saying you know I'm really frustrated with my college because I'm not learning on the base you know I'm doing all this other stuff but not learning on the base you know so I have a lot of that um, demographic but I also have a lot of hobby players, you know, who might be retired um, and who've been mm -hmm. wanting to do this all their lives. But now the kids are out of the house. Now they finally have time and they want to play in a band. And, you know, they have a wonderful attitude about it. They understand time is limited they and they want to have fun and they really yeah. want to learn. Yeah. And they, you know, they have a, a patience, but they also, you know, have an urgency to it. You know, so I, I, I love with all working with all these populations. And I mean, uh, I've had one student who now plays in. In a, his name, first name is Derek, last name ex escapes me, but he, he took one of my courses because that's what I did after the book became so successful. People started asking, can you do more? So I created courses uh, based on the book and that would go right. far beyond it. And he took my course and at some point he emailed me and said, you know, I'm now playing in this awesome band. I'm going to be on TV tonight. And I was in your course, um, you know, and I have several students who are wanting to take the professional route. One is starting um, a, a, Earn a living. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a university yeah. program now where I'm also teaching, actually. So it's it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be great for him. And you're teaching at a university. What, what university? It's the University of at? West London. It's part of AMS, Academy of Music and Sound. And people can wow. can get their degrees as, uh, you know, if, if they call it foundations degree, but it's um, the associate's degree. They can get a bachelor's or they can get a master's of music. And a TA so they can go and teach music somewhere else. Exactly. Want, yeah. Once they get the diploma. Yeah. It's a very yeah. practical degree, though. It's really um, That's what I'm, I'm wanting to, thinking to, in to my teach, head. you know, what, what you need to do as a musician these days to. So, so the, the DVD, you have an instructional DVD as well. Several, yeah. That, that, that yeah. <laughs> okay. Excuse yeah, that's me. All good. The, the one that I'm thinking of, the one that I'm thinking of, you almost were describing it in the way you were talking about courses. Is there like a 19, 20 step course uh, DVD? What's that one called? It's a, it's the course that I created with the book. It's called Music Theory for the Bass Player, the course. 
And okay. it's a very, very long course. So if you ask the marketing people, they say, don't do that. Do a two-week course, do a three-week course, you know, do an eight-week course. Well, mine, if you take it slowly, it's 40 weeks. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, Complete, that's what mm -hmm. I'm saying. And, but it's we have... Complete base. <clears throat> Yeah. I'm so excited because we have such high completion rates. We have mentors and we have people helping each other out and we have homework where people submit and where people can, you know, they have to commit to a homework one week and then they have to submit a little right. video the next right. and they have coaches and mentors and we have a huge completion rate. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Wow, you worked out an online educational system mm -hmm. uh, and, you, and you schedule it and you've, you've timed it. Yeah so people can step-by-step step develop exactly, themselves. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fantastic. You're really a, a testament to education here with the new age and digital uh, communicating. Thank you. Thank God, thank God for yeah, that. Yeah, the tools are amazing. So I'm, I'm really happy to be able to teach worldwide in this sense. So, so Paul and I are gonna play a few tunes and hope you enjoy it. Paul Hansen on the uh, bassoon and Ariana Cat playing that uh, very interesting bass. This is John Heusenstam on the Guitar Life. I hope you're enjoying our show. Please subscribe. Let's 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 turn a sharp corner here. And I've seen you on some videos where you were just like rocking <laughs> out. You know, you like my daughter uh, when she was in Nashville playing the bass. Rachel, she's a she was a scholar, a scholarship at USC, and then she went to Be uh, Beaumont. Oh, nice! Or, or yeah, Belmont. that's yeah, playing the bass, right? She said her one re her one regret was she didn't uh, uh, join this heavy metal band in Nashville that wanted her to be the bass player. <laughs> she did everything yeah. else, you know. She did country groups and rock groups and all this kind of stuff, but this heavy metal band really wanted her to be the nice. bass player. But she didn't do that. But I've seen you, you know, kicking ass. You know, playing playing that kind of music. Uh, talk a little bit about 
you know, you, you say yes to whatever comes your way that uh, is, is interesting, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, you, don't have a pre- you don't have a preference. I have done very, very diverse styles, and I love that. So I've played with, you know, the, some of my Rocky sides are played with uh, a Celtic rock band named Tempest. They've been around for quite mm-hmm. a while, and we did some really fun tours all across the U.S. But then I've also done, you know, um, kind of kindy rock we called it because it was really a kids band you know they were called the sippy cups we had aerialists and jugglers and you know we would do um you know instead of i want to be sedated by the ramones we would do i want to be elated to make it kid friendly you know we had a comedian i mean it was really a fun fun band so that had some pretty rocking elements and we were we were touring you know new york and other places and um so yeah i've done still celtic the word Excuse me, but the word Celtic still means, to me, it still means somebody who understands another genre of music, that Celtic music is something that you have to study to become a acquainted with or mastered or whatever words you're looking well, for. Well, yeah. That doesn't really, yeah. But I mean, I mean how did that come about? Well, I mean, Tempest has a strong history in, in that genre, you know. They were one of the first mm-hmm. ones to sort of combine Celtic with rock music. And uh, it what was fun about the band is because it's such a new genre, in a sense, I mean, rock, to put it to rock, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that you had a lot of freedom on the bass. And the, what I really loved is there were parts where I had the melody and there were songs where, you know, I would get like extended solos and, and you know, rocking out with just the violin player and, and that sort of thing. So there were there was a lot of space for the bass to kind of go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. That sounds like just a <laughs> wonderful energy, yeah. time. Yeah, it was good me. times for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a. What, I I was in a, a a dance troupe. It was similar to that. There were sixteen dancers, and there was a quartet, and all these kids were different ethnic uh, persuasions, mm-hmm. right? And they did all these dance routines, and I was in the band, <laughs> and that was just as exciting and just as much fun as anything I think I've ever done. So. Yeah, when you when you're doing things like that, they're uh, like that. It's it's really uh, fun to be around. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so, um, uh, what uh, what got you into like, um, you know, being such a modern stylist too? I've seen you tap in the bass with your hands, and I've seen you doing all. I mean, you're like, I mean, we could go on for hours and hours talking about all these different genres because to me, every one of those requires a lifetime of. <laughs> commitment to master but you're doing a little bit of everything so so uh, how about that what was that a victor wooten uh, inspiration to actually tap the bass with your hand double tapping with your hands well victor for sure was a tapping uh and solo bass if you want to go in that direction uh so the people who have inspired me for solo bass is definitely victor but also uh, steve lawson uh out of the uk and uh michael manring uh jeff schmidt uh, you know, uh, people who and, and, you know, I started I had the six string kind of early on and I started experimenting, but I learned quickly when you go to a ba- to an audition, for example, you don't want to bring the six string. You want to bring the four string. You want to look the part. You want to study up. What is the expectation? You know, because I once didn't get a gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, because somebody looked at my website and there was a photo of me with a six string and they immediately had this uh, impression oh that person's gonna like play sound like a guitar player or something like that you know so I started keeping actually after that incident I started keeping my six string thing kind of out of the out of the public eye. I hope that wasn't with Etta James <laughs> or somebody like that. <laughs> no. It was a that would have made me cry. It, it, it was you know it was just 
it made it and you know i i i don't i get yeah you. and but anyway so yeah. i was i started just experimenting and then i saw michael manring you know who i adore so much for what he does with four strings and okay. just amazing beautiful sounds but i just started experimenting and then when i got together with paul i kind of you know it's like you know paul i have this lick that i've been working out on and, and you know showed it to him and then there you go would be a song you know and right. Paul Hanson, Paul Hanson, the Oba, and my, the, the, my the, the, the bassoon player, yeah, bassoon, bassoon yeah. guy, and so yeah. we we started having fun, and then that started to come out of the shadows a little bit. So that was fun, and now I have also a duo with Stuart Ham. So him and I, we went to Brazil last year, and uh, had a blast. So um, we're doing duo pieces, and we just recently. He's he's uh, you know you're 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 rubbing shoulders with legendary bass player Stuart yeah, Ham. He's, he's, he's a big he's, he's influence big on me too for playing classical music on the bass. He was ahead of his time Absolutely. too. Absolutely, he, he was doing all kinds of stuff before other people yes. were. So I know I know who he is. Yeah, he's 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 a very influential yeah. guy, yeah. right? Um, you know, you know, you saw that I, I interviewed uh, Vale yes, Johnson. Yes, I know Vale. Um, <laughs> no, no, he he's been doing his own tours mm -hmm. as a solo bassist. You know, where he gets in his camper van <laughs> and drives around to clubs. And he just pulls his bass out, and that's it. It's just him, you know. What is going on with the bass? But he's also such a good singer, you know. That's well, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So he can he. I, I that that makes it a little more understandable. But at the same time, you know, um, the bass is now. You, you said six string bass. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, you could play all kinds of stuff sure. on a six string bass. You could do a solo uh, show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right? absolutely. You don't need other people. Actually, you what you are people. describing, I have a friend, his name is Josh Cohen, him and myself, we are putting together the solo bass nights. And he does also what, what you just described. He gets into his van and he'll play farmer's market and he will just play bass and that's it. And people love it, you know. So, so you're going to collaborate with him or you guys uh, uh, play separately one after the other doing a solo bass yeah. uh, uh, spot? Yeah, that's what, what we are. We want to bring solo bass into, you know, the mainstream. That's our big oh, mission. I want to hear about that. I want to follow <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. I got to come and watch yep. that. That sounds Solo like bass nights.com you know? is a little website I threw up for You're that. You're going to have a lot of, a lot of people harassing you out in the crowd. <laughs> you know, no, no, not a bass solo. No. Yeah, you so. should be a guitar <laughs> player. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Okay, wow. Well, how how about uh, swing? Now, now some of that. Um, yeah, that's sure. what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm. I'm thinking. But uh, I went to jazz school, in, you know, so I I did a lot of where? well in Miami, where I got the scholarship, okay. and then in Tampa, and when I was in Florida, I did a lot of big band gigs. I later on also picked up the upright bass, so I just I read really well, so a lot of people started calling for those kind of gigs. They twisted your arm to play. Oh, swing, I love huh, it. Are you school. kidding? I absolutely love yeah, it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, that that's great because bebop is an important, uh, you know, part of uh, modern Western music. We learn how to play what we call changes, yeah, exactly. right? So you, you're jumping from one key to another key. You got to be fluent in all the keys in order to play that music. So yeah, it, it just stands to reason that they teach that in schools because that's the purpose of it. Really, if you're never even going to play that kind of music once you get into modern music, which is, you know, because swing was 50s, you know, 60s, it died out kind of. But uh, yeah, but they, they, they make you learn it anyway to make a better musician out of you. Yeah, I think and it's an interesting thing that you're saying because, you know, there is a certain tradition in teaching it and America has certainly a great tradition in how to teach it. But it's a little bit yeah. of a trap sometimes because you can just with the same rigor study funk or study rock or study, you know, any kind of other type of music.
hanging out with a Latin band. That must have been quite a party. <laughs> you're listening to John Heusenstam. This is The Guitar Life. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe. Thank you. Just because one has a little bit, couple more 251s in there, so it doesn't make it a mm -hmm. more complex or valid music. You know what I mean? I think that, I, there, I, I, you I, know, yeah. you can go deeply into the study of the blues and, and never be done, you know, so... I'm never going to be done with that. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say that. You're reminding me of how much practice I still need. Yeah. Well, tell tell me something. When you are in in the practice mode. Uh, thinking back, uh, how many hours were you putting in? You know, I've <laughs> gone through phases in my life. It's really interesting. When I was at university, I would practice 10 hours a day. I mean, I kid you not. The yeah. fingers bleeding, you know. When I was in Miami, I had my scholarship was limited to one year. So I would, I mean, people were going to the beach and, and I got phone calls. It's like, so what's Miami like? I'm like, I don't know. I've only seen the inside of a practice room, you know, because I wanted to maximize that year. And it was such an amazing school. I learned so much, you know, Latin music. And, did, your, yeah. did your hands ever seize up? Yeah. Yeah, well, Did I got the get, blisters yeah. to prove it, so that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But what about uh, a severe case of tenonitis or, uh, I had, you know, where your yeah. muscles got strained to the point where you couldn't use your hands? I had long? one time, yeah. uh, and I had a, my first gig with Michael Mannering, uh, incidentally. I, oh, I had, go. <laughs> there's got to be something like that. I had done some yoga. I'm also, work, I, lo I love working out and I lift weights. So okay. I was, I must have done yeah. something wrong, but my arm was just hurting. I was also learning this Tia Maria tune <laughs> on upright. That was absolutely killing my chops. So okay. that was okay. just a weird, because I'm very careful with my technique, you know. I, I teach yeah, technique very, very carefully. It's all centered around relaxation and about not over, over straining and, you know, finding mm -hmm. just the minimal amount of motion with the most. Give, giving you the most punch, you know. So I've always been very, sure. very careful with that. But yeah, that one time it did be it did me in. And of course, if you have a gig with Michael Manning, you do not cancel. So I just powered through it and smiled, you know, which is yeah. not always advisable. The show but. must go on. You know, Billy. You know, who Billy Moeller is. You ever heard of Billy Moeller? He's a bass player that used to play uh, for the uh, uh, Thelonious Monk Orchestra. Oh, There's okay. a school, the Thelonious Monk Jazz. He was a young kid from Orange County, you know, that I knew before. You know, all this kind of came about. Yeah. And once he got in there, he was practicing so much. He called me up one day and he said, look, I can't even move my left hand. I've, I've practiced so many hours that I can't you know, even use my hand. I'm really worried. Yeah, I think he had to have surgery oh, that's, or something. Oh, that's but, too bad. But, you know, you could I mean, imagine. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're, typically when we play, you can always ask yourself, is there some more tension that I can let go of? Is there, can I play lighter? Because we tend to overwork ourselves, you know, especially when our yeah, mind face. is in notes and all this amazing stuff that you can easily forget, man, I'm like working so hard. Do I really need to, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah. it's a bit, it's hard to unlearn that because, you know, when we're in the musical moment, our attention is everywhere, but playing relaxed, right? Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. a bit of an interesting journey, but I, I'm very careful to my my constant plea is how much more tension can I let go, you know? That that helps with playing injury free for sure. But yeah, I have a, a series of exercises that I have to do. I know for a fact if I didn't do them, I wouldn't be yeah. able to play the guitar. I know I know, I know yeah. that because I've been playing for so many years. You got to do these iso isometric uh, are are those hands for your wrists and your are those hand pardon? exercises or full body or what are they? I've got uh, it's combinations of hand and five five pound weights. Right. Everything for me is light exercise for circulation nice. to maintain. Yeah. You know, like it's so funny I didn't keep track of it, but like 
you know, 20 years ago, I go to the doctor and they say, you weigh 165. You know, 20 years later, I go to the doctor and say, you weigh 165. I go, I must be doing, I must something, be doing right, something for right. Sure. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to do is maintain yeah. an equilibrium yeah. so I can't pick the guitar mm -hmm. up. And like you were saying, you know, you get all these wild ideas and you want to execute. Am I, am, am I straining my body? Mm -hmm. Am I going to hurt myself uh, if I do this too much or too hard? Right. Yeah, that's... With the bass, it would even be more of a, a consideration. It's yeah. a little bit tougher than the it's guitar. It's so funny because yeah. we think they're big strings and it's a big instrument. We kind of approach it with this is going to be difficult. You know, and I teach a lot of women who often think, oh, should I get a short scale or a little U petite, bass? You know, petite And it's women, like, yeah. no, it's just a matter of technique. It's, make, it's a matter of making gravity work for you, you know. And it's just really in yeah. the technique. But there's something inside us that thinks we've got to overgrip and squeeze the wood. And, you know, then when we get a buzz, we start squeezing like it makes the buzz worse, you know. <laughs> I, I I had uh, Baba Elefante you know, at one of my interviews. This is, I'm thinking of these people because I've interviewed them in the last month or so, right? But but he's got a great uh, he's got a great uh, you know technique, and he plays uh, you know fretless uh, electric, and he plays upright very mm -hmm. well. Anyway, I had this old K bass here in my studio that I got from the high school. And the action, I swear to God, it was so high I could I couldn't even make a note. Oh anyway, we were having a session. He comes over, he picks up the bass, he starts playing the bass. And he goes, John, the action's great on this. <laughs> and I go, you got to be oh kidding gosh, me. Yeah. I can't even get a note out of that yeah. thing. You must have, you know, vice grips for hands because it's really hard to keep the bass going, like, like well, I say. I, you know? I always but, think it's what's hard is finding the muscles that really need to work and letting go of all the other muscles that try to, quote, unquote, help. Oh, there you, you know, go. Because yeah, all of a go. sudden the shoulder goes up and the lips are scrunched up and like I'm gonna get this you know yeah. but if you just allow it to go through and find that one little muscle that's got to work and just put it to work you know that's a much Hallelujah. better way yeah if you can persevere hey this has been a fantastic interview let me tell you I I've learned so much about you today I'm, I'm hoping that everybody enjoys this um, can you think of anything I might not have asked you about that you want to plug or oh, talk no. about I mean you got so many so many wonderful uh you know, products, you know, educational products to share with people. How about music stuff like uh, CDs and stuff? Where do you sell those? Sure. Where do you sell the, your CDs? The musician side of me is at arianacap.com. That's A-R-I-A-N-E-C-A-P.com. And the educator side of me is at arispaceblog.com. So I run a blog and I write weekly about all sorts of educational um, uh, topics. And we have a lot of fun there and, and you know, put little videos up and that sort of thing. So. Are you doing all this on your own? Do you oh, have a manager my. and an agent? I, I'm beginning to have a small crew, yes. And I have uh, my husband, Wolfgang, who's a tremendous support, also an amazing bass player. By the way, he used to be my teacher. And then I wanted private lessons. He's a snake in the grass. He is amazing, and he has been. <laughs> <laughs> he has been. Okay. He was your teacher. That that calf. Forget about it. It sounds like he sounds like a predator to me. No. He's a wolf, right? <laughs> Actually, I met him. He's a great yeah. guy. You're very lucky. I, am. Yeah. I think you guys are a wonderful, uh, wonderful couple. I, I look forward to hanging out Definitely. with you someday, and maybe even playing yeah, some music. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that would be yeah. fun. Okay, well, uh, it's been great talking with you. I hope you don't think I'm chopping you off at the legs no, here John, and ending this great. interview. But uh, you're you're wonderful to talk to, and good luck with everything. Thank you very yeah. much, and thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I'm 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 sure I'm going to tell uh, many of my friends to listen in because of your fascination. Thank Thanks. You.
Talk to you again. All See right. ya. fun with their bass there. This is John Heusenstam. You've been listening to The Guitar Life. We're a Believe podcast production, and I hope you enjoyed our show. Please subscribe. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.